You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Belinda Mulder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. As children, many of us grew up reading novels. Who of us grew up reading novels? Right? Which started with Once Upon a Time. How many of us have read novels that start with Once Upon a Time? This morning, I want to say we imagined a world of rainbows and woke up to an everyday wondering, would this be the day that my dreams would come true? Is that not true? Can we just be open with each other this morning? Many today are still approaching life from a perspective of once upon a time. One day, I will be happy. One day, my prince will come. One day I will be a hero. One day life will be great and I can celebrate that I have arrived at my moment. But you see, church, the problem with this perception is that there are very few heroes in novels. And there's a constant feeling of only one day will I be happy. My season of joy will come, but I just need to survive. Who's ever lived in a once upon a time moment? But you know what? The Holy Spirit took me to a beautiful passage in the Bible. And he said to me, open the book of all books and tell me what is the beginning of the story I've given you. And when we look at the beginning of our story, it begins with, in the beginning, God. We don't have to live in at once upon a time. We live in, in the beginning, God. This alters everything because God, the creator of time, participates from the beginning and throughout every season in your life. He's there in your highs, he's there in your lows, and he's there everywhere in between. He's not limited to time, God is not limited to geography, God is not limited to anything except to who he is, and he is everything. This is a deep message, church. If we can get this this morning, our lives will change. When one lives with this perspective, every season in our lives, winter, summer, autumn, and spring, are reasons to celebrate. Because we have an in the beginning God moment. Amen? Do you live your life in once upon a time? Or do you live your life in in the beginning God? That is my question this morning. Because you see, each of us has an in the beginning God moment. He doesn't pick the most valiant. He doesn't pick the most powerful. He doesn't pick the most attractive. And he doesn't pick the wealthiest. I, because I am me, and he loves me, I'm already the hero. You know, every one of us in this story of in the beginning God are a prince and a princess. In a novel, there's only one prince and princess, and maybe two if you look at Frozen. Amen. (laughs) But in this book, God places a 10 out of 10 on every single one of us. When he looks at every single one of us, he sees a hero. When he looks at every single one of us, he doesn't see an ugly sister. He sees somebody incredibly attractive, made in his image, filled with everything beautiful from his throne. Because God is doing something fresh, he gives each of us a new song. Only Snow White 
sings a song in the novel, guess what? Each one of us has a song every morning. Whether you can keep pitch or not, you have a song. Because the pitch and the melody and the harmony doesn't get to heaven, our hearts get to heaven. So whether you sing in tune or not doesn't matter. You are touching the heart of God because in the beginning, God moments does not even just happen for those that can sing. It's for all of us. You see, Genesis 8 verse 22 says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat. And this in-between season that we're experiencing, amen, where we have cold and heat in one week. Hallelujah. But God is in it. He's in winter and summer, day and night. It won't cease. He says it won't cease. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 says, to everything there is a season. A time for every purpose under heaven. You know, sometimes I say to ladies, ladies, it's only a season and seasons end. It's only a season and seasons end. Why can I say that? Because God says there's summer and winter, day and night. He promises that it will not cease. Amen. We all have loud seasons that are screaming at everybody, that everybody knows about. But can I tell you something, church? Every one of us have silent seasons that nobody knows about. This is why we can never judge those around us. Because we cannot see their silent seasons. Amen? We can only love what we see on the outside, but God wants us to be aware of what's going on on the inside. This is the reason to treat those around us with grace. So my message today is, are you living in once upon a time or in the beginning God moments? Over the course of his walk with the Lord, Peter had many different seasons. Amen? He had seasons of blessing and prosperity, and he had seasons where he was disappointed and frustrated. Doesn't that sound like us? There are seasons of great excitement, but there are seasons of holding on. Am I right? COVID has taught us to hold on. Amen? So I'm going to read you a story that we all know very well. But through the grace of God, let's put on a different lens this morning. And I'm going to show you something incredible from Luke 5, verse 1 to 6. Can we read that quickly? On one occasion, Jesus was preaching to a crowd on the shore of the Lake of Galilee. A vast multitude of people was pushing to get close to Jesus to hear the word of God. He noticed two fishing boats at the water's edge with the fishermen nearby rinsing their nets. Jesus climbed into the boat belonging to Simon Peter and said to him, Let me use your boat. Push it off a short distance away from the shore so I can speak to the crowd. Jesus sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished, he said to Peter, Now row out to the deep water to cast your nets, and you will have a great catch. Master, Peter said, I've just come back from fishing all night and didn't catch a thing. But if you insist, I'll go out again and let down our nets because of your word. When they pulled up their nets, they were shocked to see a huge catch of fish, and their nets were ready to burst. They waved to their business partners in other boats for help. They ended up completely filling their boats with the fish until they began to sink. Luke 5 is 5 in the New King James says, But Simon answered and said to him, Master, 
We have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down my net. This is my proof text for this morning. You see, the Sea of Galilee was the largest freshwater body in Israel. Jesus would perform 18 of his 37 miracles at the Sea of Galilee. Can we say that this was maybe a region where he chose to reveal his glory? Can you imagine? And fishing was typically done at night in those days. So that's why Peter was sitting up on the shore in the morning. Fishermen would spread out their nets out on the lake and then burn oiled rags in an iron cage at the bow of the boat. Do you get me this morning? This would draw moths and insects who would then draw the fish. Does that make sense? Amen. This is how they used to fish. I had to really go study how they used to fish in those days because there's many things I just did not understand. The fish would then be forced into the nets when the fishermen would take old pots, metal pots, and they would make a loud noise because as the fish were coming for the moths and insects, they had to drive them into the nets. This is how fishing happened in those days, amen? Who thought a girl could teach you how to fish? Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. God has a sense of humor. During this period of Peter's life, the fishing technique involved oil lamps, rags, fire, pots, nets, and darkness to work. Do you get what I'm saying? How profound was it that after that whole evening of doing all of this, not a single fish was caught. Not a single fish came for the moth. After hours and hours and hours of fishing, not a single fish landed up in the nets. Another thing about the fishing in that time is they fished in the shallow waters, okay? Bear with me, everything will come together in a few minutes, okay? So they fished in the shallow methods. And yeah, Peter, a Galilean fisherman, he's sitting on the shore washing his nets after being discouraged and frustrated because the fishing just did not work out. He had worked hours and now was mentally and physically fatigued. Who's maybe mentally and physically fatigued this morning, amen? Who's worked hours and things just didn't work out? You've given your very best and goodness gracious me, not one fish was in the net. If that's you this morning, you can maybe identify with Peter. All his fishing skills, everything he knew to do, he had done, but breakthrough had not come. Can I say that? After hours and hours of fishing, not a single fish. And then Jesus comes and confronts Peter, who advises him to recast his nets in the deep water in an effort to make a catch. You see, there were two things that every single fisherman knew. Number one, you never ever went to co-catch fish in the daylight. Remember, Peter fished in the darkness. And number two, you never went into the deep to fish. The fish were in the shallow waters. Do you see how the instruction of Jesus had to challenge Peter? Peter could have reasoned with Jesus, asking how could a preacher carpenter who works with a hammer and nails tell a seasoned commercial fisherman how to fish? Doesn't that sound like something that one of us would maybe do? 
Say, Jesus, you're a seasoned preacher. You know how to do carpentry. I don't think you get this fishing thing. Amen? Do you maybe reason with God in your seasons where you don't understand Him? Maybe He's asking you to do things that don't make sense to you. What makes sense about bringing your tithes and offerings in a dry season? What makes sense about Elijah saying to the widow, bring to me first before you eat? What makes sense? But you know what? We don't serve a God who walks in the natural realm. We serve a God who works in a different realm. Amen? A Christian's response to circumstances and situation actually characterizes who we are. When we are confronted with no fish or too many fish, because Peter had two different tests right there, the nets with nothing and the nets with too much. And either time he had to choose what was important to him. Those who are able to look past the difficulties and don't give up in their hard seasons, those are those that stand for Christ. Amen? My husband often says, if you want to be a Christian, let's be a Christian. In our good times, let's be a Christian. In our hard times, let's be a Christian. In every time in between, let's be a Christian. Amen? Let's choose God in our good times. Let's choose God in our hard times. And let's choose God every single day in between. You see, Peter could have questioned, what would people say? He first could have reasoned with God. And he could have questioned, what would people say? Because if they understood that fishing was not done in daylight, they would kind of think Peter's losing it. Are you sometimes concerned about what people say? Amen. Amen. Is this message getting to you this morning? I hope I'm touching a heart or two by the Spirit of God. Amen. Are you concerned? Caroline Leaf says, there is so much freedom when you give up the need to always be understood. There is so much freedom when you give up the need to be understood. What do I mean by that? When God tells you to do something, just do it. It's so easy to follow the voice of God because the voice of God is already in your next season. The voice of God is already in your next day. The voice of God is already in your next hour. The voice of God is already in 2023. The voice of God is already in 2080. The voice of God is already there. That's why we can trust that voice. We can feel the depth of Peter's sorrow when he says, Master, Master, he starts his statement with Master. Isn't that a great place to start? When you're going through a hard season, like Peter, why don't you just start your statement with Master? Jesus, Lord, Father, Friend, Holy Spirit, just start your hard season with God. He says, Master, he says, I've toiled all night and I've caught nothing. But at your word, I'm going to listen to what you're telling me to do today. Amen. Master is the first word that Peter used to address Jesus. This was the greatest place for him to start because you know what master means? Somebody who is knowledgeable and skilled. So this carpenter preacher that was standing before him, he acknowledged him as not just the carpenter's son, not just somebody who was coming to him with an instruction. He said, you are 
knowledgeable and skilled. This morning, I want to ask you, do you trust a knowledgeable, skilled God in your life this morning? A knowledgeable God who knows everything and a skilled God who knows everything? Peter initially responded out of his emotion. Remember, he said, we've toiled all night. And you know what, church? That's maybe the best place to start with God. Master, I've toiled all night. Lord, what they've done to me was wrong. Lord, I'm tired. Lord, I'm frustrated. Lord, I need you. Lord, I don't know which way to go. That's where he started, but he didn't let his emotions get the best of him and stop there. Did Peter get angry at God and blame him for his season? You see, church, many of us get angry with God. When we go through seasons, we don't understand. And we start pointing the finger at God, saying, God, you. And now it's quiet in the building, amen? I'm not speaking from a platform this morning. I'm speaking on equal ground with you, church. Sometimes we point the finger at God in our disappointing seasons. Who's done that before? Okay, don't raise your hand. Let's do what the ladies do and what the men gentlemen do. We just double blink. <laughs> Is that okay? We have done that. Bill Johnson says, the backslider in heart will always judge God on what he didn't do. The backslider in heart. If your heart is not on fire for God, you will always judge God on what he didn't do. But you know what, church? God taught me something so beautiful once. He told me to create this space in my mind, this box, where if I do not understand my season, or I do not understand what has happened to me, or I do not understand what I've gone through, to place that situation in that little space, in that box, and say, God, I trust you with this box. And if you in your divine wisdom and in your divine grace want to tell me why this happened, you can. But you know what, God? I'm okay if you don't. Am I speaking to someone this morning? Sometimes situations happen in our lives that we cannot quantify that we cannot understand, that we cannot put into our little reference framework of mind. Because you see, our life, our walk with God is not based on good seasons. Our love for God is not based on things going well. It's based on a constant obedience day in and day out. A constant choosing of God today, tomorrow, the next month, the next year. God, it doesn't matter what this life throws at me. It doesn't matter if you get, give me the breakthrough or not. It doesn't matter if we go through or we go under. You are with me and I'm going to hold on to you as if my life depends upon it. Do you know what I'm saying this morning, church? It's a different walk with God. It's a mature walk with God. Is your prayer maybe this morning, Lord, whatever you choose to do in the season, don't do it without me. Can that be our prayer this morning? Lord, whatever you want to do in the season, don't do it without me. Peter concludes his statement with, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down your net. You know what, church, many times I've gone to the Word and said, Lord, I don't know what to do right now, but I'm just going to read a scripture because this is the only thing I can do. And I've opened my Bible and I've read 
And one of my favorites is what we all know. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Because you are my shepherd, Lord, I have all that I need. You let me rest in green meadows. You lead me beside peaceful streams and you renew my strength. You guide me along right paths, bringing honor to your name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, you might be in a dark valley this morning, church. Your dark valley might be financial pressure. Your dark valley might be sickness. Your dark valley might be a problem in your marriage this morning. I want to tell you, God says, I will not be afraid because you are close to me. My heart's cry is, God, I will not be afraid because you are close to me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. Surely, Lord, your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live and honor the house of the Lord forever. Amen. You see, Peter is saying in his disappointment, God, I believe what you say is true. And I see this as a chance to obey and honor a divine instruction. Our hot seasons gives us the opportunity to honor God's word. He says, I will let down my nets. The author and the perfecter of my faith has said so. Amen. Can you say that this morning? Lord, I will trust you. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Your unfailing love has always been with me. Did God not create daytime? Did God not create the night, the sea and the fish in it? Yes, Peter, he's confronted with God. And this is what I want to read to you this morning from Genesis 1 verse 9. It says, And God said, Let the waters beneath the sky be gathered into one place, and let the dry ground appear. And so it happened. God called the dry ground land, and he called the waters sea. And God saw the beauty of creation, and he was very pleased. Can I read another part for you? It says, And God said, Let there be bright lights to shine in space to the earth with their lights. Let them serve as a sign to separate the day from night and signify the days, seasons, and years. And so it happened. God made two great lights, the brighter light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He also spread out the tapestry of the shining stars and set them in the sky to illuminate the earth, to rule over the day and over the night and to separate light and darkness. God loved what he saw, for it was beautiful. Evening gave way to morning. Day four, God said, let there be life. Let the waters swarm with sea life. Amen. Yeah, the fish come, guys. Yeah, the fish come. And let the sky be filled with soaring birds of every kind. God created huge sea creatures and every living creature that moves of every kind, swarming in the water and flying in the sky, according to their species. God loved what he saw, for it was beautiful. Church, can I give you a revelation of that day on the seaside with Peter? Every drop of water in that ocean was ready to obey the voice of God. 
Every fish in that sea was ready to obey the voice of God. Amen? Every fish was ready to jump into that net at the voice of God. You see, because we don't remember always who's the creator of the universe. Amen? The very fish that had to jump into that net were the very fish that were made by the person telling it to jump in that net. Amen? The very sea that had to obey was made by the creator of the universe. And guess what? The darkness and the light was made by the same person. So did it matter to God that there was not light that moment? Or that there wasn't darkness, amen? Did it matter to God that all the circumstances that had to line up for good fishing weren't there? Darkness, an oil lamp, a cloth, some moths, some insects, a tent, a net, some pots, some disciples, some screaming. God did not need that to perform his miracle. God did not need that to perform his miracle because every fish was standing ready to jump at the word of God. I want to tell you this morning, church, if you need breakthrough, every single breakthrough that you need is ready to hearken the voice of God. Amen? Peter is so humbled by God's grace. Some of us, if something like that had happened, God then filled the nets, we all know, with so many fish that they had to get a second boat in. And then they almost went under because there were so many fish. Amen. But Peter was so humbled by God's grace that he told him, God, I'm a sinner. Depart from me. Maybe we would maybe say, God, you know what? I've got a business plan. This breakthrough you've just done here, if you can meet me here every morning at 6 a.m., we can fill some nets and we can make some serious money. <laughs> Amen. Wouldn't you think that would be a natural response? Lord, let, let's get together 6 a.m. We don't have to go through all night. I don't have to be tired. I will be ready for you. You speak the word. We go 50-50. Amen. But you see, Peter wasn't in that frame of mind. He was so humbled at the goodness of God that he just said, God, I'm such, I'm in myself when I look at you. I'm just overwhelmed by who you are. Are you humbled when God's blessing comes to you? Or do you make a deal with God? This morning, let us bring our hearts and humble them before God. You see, Jesus reassures Peter after making this catch that he should not be afraid. That he says to him, do not fear. I will make you now a fisher of men. Peter's in the beginning God moment not only changed his season, it changed his destiny. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning, church? One encounter with God makes the impossible possible. Amen? Peter was looking at fish. Jesus was looking at men. Peter was looking at boats. God was looking at his kingdom. Peter was looking at breakthrough. Jesus was looking at eternity. That's the God we serve, the knowledgeable, incredible, great God of the universe. Amen? <laughs> You see, once Peter accepted Christ's word, his thoughts changed from fishing, boats, and water to kingdom, men, and purpose. When we have our eyes on Jesus, our focus changes. The pain and discomfort that had started out in his life was not important to him anymore. Do other people's seasons matter to you? You see, in that moment, it wasn't about the fish anymore. It was about the souls. 
It wasn't about his breakthrough anymore. It was about the kingdom. It wasn't about him getting what he wanted. It was him bowing the knee and saying, God, I will serve you for the rest of my life. Amen? Do other people's seasons matter to you? Are you exclusively focused on your world? Or can I ask you this morning, do you want to relieve the pain of others? Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11 says, He has made everything beautiful in His time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to the end. Can I demonstrate one thing this morning before I close church? Can I please ask the ushers and hostesses to help me? The gold part of the ribbon must please be on the platform and the blue part of the ribbon must go around the congregation. Is that okay? I want to demonstrate something to you this morning and I really trust that even as you look at this that your life will change and your perspective will change, that your view will change of what eternity is. Amen? I know this is going to stick with you forever. This is something the Lord put in my heart for this morning. You see, church, the gold part of the ribbon is your life on earth. The gold part of your ribbon is the seasons that you face, the ups and the downs you face, what you go through. The blue ribbon is eternity. Eternity. What are you doing in your life on earth compared to eternity? What are you doing? What decisions are you making in your life on earth that will affect your eternity? Do you see how much bigger eternity is? Do you see how much longer eternity is? Can we give the Lord a hand this morning? Are you living to survive every season? Or are you living for eternity? If you're a Christian, be a Christian. And let your heart be drawn to that which is holy. Amen? If you're a Christian, be a Christian. And let your heart be drawn to that which is holy. Let your heart break in these seasons with what breaks his in eternity. Let your living be to advance the kingdom of God so that those loved ones, those people in your life can spend eternity with you. Change somebody's season, yeah, so that their season can change there. Because you see our time on earth, do you see how short it is? Even if you live 180 years, eternity goes on and on and on and on. Walk with God in every season, yeah. Talk to God in every season, yeah. Walk with God in its every season, yeah. Work at your relationship with God in every season, yeah. So that you can spend eternity with Jesus. Amen? Amen? Can I ask you this morning, love God in every season, yeah. Love God in your summer, love God in your autumn, love God in your spring, love God in your winters. Because you get to spend eternity with Him, with no seasons. Amen?
You spend eternity with Him with no pain, no sorrow, no discomfort, no frustration. But you see, this Christian walk is not one hour. This Christian walk is year after year after year after year. Be intentional in choosing God and obeying His Word at all costs. It doesn't help obeying God tomorrow and not obeying Him today. And it doesn't help obeying God today and next month you turn your heart away from Him. Be intentional in your time on earth. Amen? Every season is just a season. And seasons change. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, every season is just a season. And seasons change. God is greater than space, time, and a calendar. Look at God. This is a small depiction of God, church. This is our lives. This is what we focus on. When we just don't have a good day, we are so upset in here when we have to be focused on eternity. We have to change and leave a legacy for those coming after us. Because when we spend eternity worshiping Jesus, these others are still walking this road in their seasons. Amen. Walking, choosing God over and over again, bringing honor to God. I just want to end up one day with God saying to me, well done. Don't you want to be that? I know you want to. You want to get in front of God and say, well done, good and faithful servant. You have run the race. You've completed the course. You've chosen me when the world said, turn your back on me. You see, God wants to go through all these seasons with you with a calm heart, knowing that he's in charge. Do you see what God sees compared to see what you see? This is what we see, only the gold ribbon. This is what God sees. Do you see how we have to change our perspective? Charles Spurgeon says, Come, my heart, be calm and hopeful today. Can you say that this morning? Come, my heart, be calm and hopeful today. He says, Clouds may gather, but the Lord can blow them away. How beautiful is that? I love Uncle Charles. He says, since God will not fail me, my faith will not fail. And he says, and as he will not forsake me, neither will I forsake him. Your story started within the beginning. Don't live a life in once upon a time. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.